0: Namu tasa bhagavatu arahato sama sambudasa Namu tasa bhagavatu arahato sama sambudasa Namu tasa bhagavatu arahato sama Sambuddhasa, Buddhadhammangamnamasami. The world is churning. Many changes happening around us. It happens to be hunting season in Lanark County. Nowadays, the hunters have a GPS attached to their dog. So the dog goes and finds the deer, and the dogs are trained to flush the deer out and bring them to the hunter, basically. Taking a walk this morning, we came across a hunter sitting with his rifle, probably waiting for the dogs to bring the deer to him and he knows where they are because he probably has a device so he knows just where the dogs are it's a pretty grim sign of how insensitive human beings have become how disconnected from life that they could call this right livelihood or something that anyone would want to do that anyone would condescend to do it's just so much manipulation and breach of life in this kind of attitude. It makes me think of the ISIL using children to detonate bombs as suicide bombers. It's in that direction. I know it's not nice, as horrible. The Eightfold Noble Path, think of it as a direct way to freedom from such gross and unthinkable behavior. But if we're only developing mindfulness, then we could sit and mindfully use a GPS, mindfully attach it to the dog, and mindfully wait for the dog to bring deer to us. And that would not be in any way contributing to our growth in virtue, stillness of heart and wisdom, would it? No. The Buddha suggests that we develop wisdom, and developing wisdom means overcoming doubt. The word for doubt is vichikicca. The actual meaning of this is without medicine. Somebody who doubts the truth or doubts the wisdom of this way of practice, this way of living, living skillfully, acting skillfully, speaking skillfully, thinking skillfully, And skillful thought, one can equate that with wise discernment. That's a skillful way of thinking, or a skillful way of using the mind. This would be a very important aspect of developing the path to overcome doubt. Overcoming doubt means that we access medicine. It isn't medicine like Advil or even Arnica or whatever kind of medicine you may be taking for the body. But obviously and happily it's a medicine for the heart, a medicine to help us develop strength and the ability to do what will free us from suffering we might think, well, I don't have any doubt. I'm not a doubter. But as soon as the Kilesas have a chance to set foot, to gain a foothold within our minds, it's as if we're enabling ourselves to doubt the importance of developing skillful states of mind. Developing them, sustaining them, practicing them holding them. And if we do that, then we can say that we have medicine. That no matter what kind of mind state we might fall into, we have the medicine that we can apply immediately because we know the state of mind that we're in. We have enough mindfulness to see it and enough wisdom to attend to it properly to recognize the danger that we're in and to rescue ourselves. And that's like taking the medicine having the medicine and taking it. It's not enough just to have the medicine it's not enough to read the book it's not enough to come to the meditation hall and to practice in this way. Wisdom gives us the opportunity to use the medicine in everyday life. Why do we get shocked when things happen in the world that quote-unquote aren't supposed to happen? If we have no doubt In the Buddha's enlightenment, if we have full understanding of the magnificence and how supreme that is, then we know that the activities of the world are going in a different direction. The world has a tendency to take us in a direction that is bereft of medicine. It's just the nature of the world time and again, a Buddha appears, a very exalted being appears to teach us and say, no, 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 this way, over here. The medicine is here. And he's pointing us here, not to the world. When the world breaks down, casts out goodness... Forgoes protection of the planet or nonviolence or wisdom, then we need not be surprised because this is the nature of the world and worldly leaders, those who follow greed, ill will, and delusion. It doesn't do us any good it's a kind of sham even to walk out in the streets and protest about it because we ourselves are responsible collectively for the mess that the world is in. We cannot repair the world even though we might all get together and repair it for a little while. Again and again, it will continue to break down and degenerate into hunters sitting at the side of the road with their little device, letting the dog bring the victim to them. It's kind of a symbol of how far we are from the truth when we give permission for that to happen. At the same time that we have the medicine... We are without it. And we have to be mindful of the fact that we're without it. The answer to that is to pick it up and take it. We can't take the medicine for anyone else. We can't go beyond doubt for anyone else. And we can't shine up anybody else's mind with wisdom. why this teaching is so supreme because when the fire is burning all around us and we're crying water, water, water we don't have to go fill up our buckets we just have to open our minds and our hearts and see the delusion see the confusion around us and in us See the lack of wise and skillful direction. See the ignorance that is propelling the minds of people. And take accountability for our own minds. Direct our own minds well. Develop the four Brahma Viharas to feel a sense of Great love and compassion for beings caught in ignorance. And pulling ourselves out of ignorance, develop great love and compassion for ourselves. And feel the joy of having that medicine, and wishing others to have it too. Whether they have it or not, realize it or not, we can't control that. But we can direct our own minds. Finally, but most important, is furthering our own inner balance so that when the world is in such a state of disarray, within ourselves we can be equanimous. Equanimity is not indifference, but it's an all-seeing, an all-embracing balance and even-mindedness, because we know this is the nature of the world, the nature of things. They arise and cease, and they're full of suffering. This is a suffering realm. It's also a realm of joy and of non-suffering. But we have to accept both. The ending of suffering does not happen in a world system such as ours, it happens in the heart of beings that understand the truth and go beyond doubt of the Buddha's enlightenment and our own ability to gain that wisdom, that equanimity, that unconditional compassion and love. The ending of suffering, it's not based on having conditions the way we want them. We observe, we watch, we see, we know the ignorance, and we try not to increase it in ourselves. In doing that, we're decreasing the level of ignorance in the world by one one mind that is not without medicine, one mind that can be saved, one mind that can understand the emptiness of all things, and not be frightened by that to remove the fear from that and in doing so we have to make sacrifice sacrifice towards what is good why is it that we can do this sacrifice better when we're about to die when we're getting close to death when we're disabled and decrepit. Because nature has taken things away from us. But if we can give all those things, freedoms, indulgences, attraction to the world up before they are stolen from us or taken from us, whatever those freedoms might mean, however they are expressed, we can be peaceful, even in the throes of dying. Even if the world is dying, we can be peaceful and know this is the nature of things, the arising and the ceasing of whole civilizations, right in front of our eyes. Why should it be any different? It is the time to practice, when the fires are burning and raging, That is the time to see the nature of fires, to destroy, even to destroy a beautiful building, a beautiful society. It's the arising and the ceasing. In the face of death, there's the greatest opportunity for awakening. Death is our teacher. If we don't die, then we're not alive, not really alive. Death gives us the sense of limitation and a boundary. Imagine if we had to live forever, what would that be? It would be hell, really hell. To have to live, really, forever? Do you want to forever go on? choosing what you have to wear when you wake up in the morning and getting your hair done and brushing your teeth and all the rest of it forever actually the Buddha teaches that it is possible for us to go beyond perception and non-perception we can go beyond that that's Nibbāna That means that there's no consciousness. We're not even knowing non-perception. There's freedom of the mind. It's the perfection of wisdom. We don't even rely on the sense-media to be wise. Wisdom is completely pure. That's the state of the awakened mind why should we become so fraught over the state of the world when we can instead direct our mental energy towards perfecting the state of the mind and realizing that perfect wisdom that is so ineffable, we have to become so quiet within ourselves that consciousness has no object. No feeling. But then the world disappears. The body disappears. The world disappears. Doesn't mean that the body is dead. We're not talking about death of the body. We're talking about death of all sensibility. Going beyond pain and pleasure. There is a state beyond all of this. And the Buddha talks about this in the sutta on voidness, on emptiness. But we are so attached to our sense-media experiencing, or consciousness experiencing, on one level or another. And then we get attached to beautiful states of the mind. The perfection that the Buddha describes is beyond any of that, completely beyond. But realizing the sublimity of that teaching and the true liberation that it brings can give us a sense of where peace in us can take a foothold. Even in the raging fire of the world, and even when the mind is on fire itself, We can quiet it. We can take it to this direction. When we're experiencing anger, if we can try to focus on where there is no anger, bring up the perception of non-anger in the face of anger. It's like pouring water on the fire. We say we don't have the medicine. That is the medicine, is to see the opposite, the antidote. And that's what we use metta for. But we tend to use metta in a very formulaic way. I send metta to all beings, but then you get angry at the hunter. I don't like hunters. Then then there's this fire in the mind of how can he get his dogs to bring the deer and kill the deer? how can the protesters be out on the streets raging against the system you're trying to put out the fire but you're creating a bigger fire it's destructive it's aggressive it's not peaceful when we see what is not doubting then we have faith and faith that is based in skillfulness wisdom is a faith that enables us to do this practice. It gives us an agility of mind. We can face anything because we have confidence, because we trust the path, because we know we can do it. Faith requires wisdom, mindfulness, energy, and focus. That's still in quality that's concentrated and present. If we're present for our anger, we can be present for our non-anger. If we're present for our greed, as soon as we see there's a greed arising, we saw those chocolates on the table, but we didn't take one. There was a little moment of non-greed. It was there. So we grow that. We have to grow those We have to have the wisdom to discern, to differentiate between what brings the mind into passion and restlessness and anxiety, contraction, ill will, violence, losing our temper at ourselves or others, getting disheartened with life, with our condition, with each other, We have to learn to see the difference between those states of the mind and developing skillful states of mind that we learn when we meditate. Developing mindfulness, non-anger, goodness, wise discernment, calm, confident, bright, aware, and joyful, grateful. As soon as we apply that to the mind. We can't hold the other mind states. This is the beauty of learning this skill of the Dhamma. The Dhamma will save us. Nobody will save us. The Dhamma is our own work. We're the surgeon doing some quick transplanting. You excise the anger and in place of it The heart rushes in to heal the wound with love. The purity of love that rushes in to heal the anger and heal it with that pure, present, wise awareness that knows the ending of dukkha.